Welcome to the Rocks and Roots podcast. I feel like it's been such a long time and I feel really rusty. I'm Tumbles. He's Crank. We're on Zoom. (laughs) And I agree with the rustiness. We had a fantastic interview with IB Tat and I don't know about you. um, I didn't really start getting comfortable again with this shit until the second half, but that's okay because he is so gracious and it turned out um, to be wonderful anyway. Yeah, it seems so, like he misses just talking about trail. Yep. Because, you know, of course, like, he seemed like it It was rusty for him, too. I, I don't know. This is, I'm projecting because I don't want to be the only one rusty. <laughs> oh, you weren't. I was. <laughs> but, uh... No, he, he seemed like once we started getting really into the, the meat of, of the interview, like talking about the food and talking about the culture, you know, it seemed like he kind of warmed a little bit. So we are referring to his most recent through hike of the Scottish National Trail. Um, those of you who listen to us or on YouTube, if you're you know, in the hiking world at all, and your head is not under a fucking rock, you know I be Tat as a triple crowner, the AT in 2018, PCT in 2019, and CDT in 2021. And he's YouTube. religiously vlogged all of this. Yes. Oh, that's what, um, I'll mention it now. I was going to ask him about it. So his approach to this vlog was different. Normally what he does, which is incredible in and of itself, he films every day and then at night at camp, he'll edit together a video and then when he gets to town, he'll publish everything. His approach to this one was to not do that on trail. He still filmed every day, but he didn't edit until he was done. So that way he could take more time in the editing process and it really shows um, these videos look like National Geographic documentaries for 10 minutes every day. Yeah, I'd be cast like David Attenborough of the hiking community. <laughs> yes, yes, officially. So check out, listen to our interview, uh, yeah. learn about the Scottish National Trail. Check out IB Tat on YouTube. Uh, Saved by Mountains on Instagram. And, and also, it also... seems like before you start plugging everything. Okay. Because I want to talk to our listeners. It's been a hot minute, and I know you want to get off and go to bed. But no, I'm good. <laughs> okay. Um, his videos remind me a lot of Darwin's. Yes. Like this last this last trek. Um, yep. Because he did wait until after the the hike was over to start editing. I mean, I'm sure he was doing something on trail, but posting all of his videos. And he didn't want to chat with us, IBTAT, until all of those videos were uploaded onto YouTube, which is understandable because if he were to start talking about the the track prior to that, maybe people wouldn't be watching it as much. So it was definitely worth waiting. Uh, it's very enjoyable to watch. Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of mixed whether I like the everyday or if I like the... I mean, he still had a lot of videos. He had like 34 videos out of the 50 days he was hiking so it was almost like every day but yeah because he still did 10 minutes worth of footage every day yeah it just wasn't compiled until he got off trail Mm -hmm. so he just had more time so the quality goes up so you're still getting like he still published them you're still getting a video every day okay i see what you're saying yes yeah um yeah they were awesome 
I mean, there's nothing. And IB Tat's awesome. I mean, yeah. for those of you who don't know, our 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 history, our history with IB Tat feels like family. <laughs> so, all right, quick story time <laughs> flashback. So, he did his AT through hike the first year we started getting into hiking. So he was one of the first vloggers that we started to follow. Uh, we watched his AT videos fairly religiously, and I just reached out, never expected a response. I just reached out and said, hey, when you get to New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania area, especially Delaware Water Gap, um, hit me up if you need anything. So one day I get an Instagram message, um, hey, I'm out of shit tickets, help me out. <laughs> So, and it was a relationship new, for the ages. <laughs> yes. Being new to the hiking community, it took us a while to translate what that meant. But um, I texted Tumbles and I was like, Tat needs toilet paper. And it, we were like super excited, probably really embarrassed ourselves. I was working <laughs> in New York City and got this message. I left work early. I said, I got to see this hiker. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so we raced out to the town of Delaware Water Gap um, on the border of Jersey and PA. Probably really embarrassed ourselves because we were completely, you know, fangirling and fangirling. <laughs> and it was ridiculous. But uh, then we met him in Georgia when we did our Georgia section of the AT. In June of 2020. Yep. He was working at Mountain Crossings. Uh, so we met him there. And that was not you know as embarrassing because we were like oh hello again and that was really cool and then we met him a third time again at mountain, mountain crossing when we, that's right when we went back to finish georgia so and this is his third appearance on the rocks and roots podcast so thank you very very much Ivy cat yeah we appreciate you and all that you do and all the work that you put into your uh videos and your photography is fabulous so uh, i guess that's it are we are we done are we done for the year, or are we going to... I don't know. I'll talk to you when we meet up. In yeah, we're, 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 we're in running mode. <laughs> yes. So Saturday will be a Philly run in the mean streets of central Philadelphia. Yes. Shit. So maybe we'll plan. Maybe we can squeeze in something. If not, early January, we'll do something epic. I'm off Christmas week. Yeah, we'll figure something out. All right. Any hoo-ha. So follow us, like us. I know it's been a while. I'm sorry. On the TikTok, Crank posts pretty often. On the IG, um, follow us, Rocks and Roots Podcast. Um, these podcast episodes are also on YouTube, so follow us there. If you want to send us an email, you can, but I probably won't read it. So send us a DM on Instagram. We're usually quick to answer all of your burning questions. And without further ado... Here is our interview with IB Tat. All right, y'all, welcome back to the show and welcome back, IB Tat, for the third time now on the Rocks and Roots podcast. Third time's a charm, hopefully. <laughs> That's it. Well, we Crank and I were saying that you're you're coming on for now your annual Christmas show with us. So that's probably oh, gonna lovely. Be, that's gonna be probably the title. Some, some would call me the Grinch. That's uh, quite fitting. 
there you go. Yeah, you're kind of like our Christmas spect- our annual Christmas spectacular at this point. So it is <laughs> greatly appreciated you giving up your time for this. Um, so as we said in our intro, you completed uh, recently about a couple of months ago at this point, the Scottish National Trail. Um, when did you finish up? Uh, I don't remember the exact date. It was the first week of October is when I finished. I think October 4th or 5th, somewhere around there. So I've been back for a couple months now. Awesome. Um, so let's start with the trail itself. Can you give just an overview? Like where exactly is it? How many miles or kilometers just for people who are not familiar? It's in France, Crank. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, so the Scottish National Trail, it's not a... I mean, it's a long-distance trail, but it's not like what we would think over here in the States where it's a continuous footpath, one single trail. The Scottish National Trail is actually a combination of six smaller trails within Scotland to make it a continuous footpath from south to north or north to south, whichever way you look at I did from south to north. So you start literally at the England border, um, and then you kind of zigzag across the country up um, to Cape Wrath, and I'm not sure in kilometers, but it's like a, it's about 540 miles. Um, so there was a guy by the name of Cameron, Cameron McNeish over there. Um, I guess he's a very popular guy. Um, he came up with a way, he, he, he came up with this trail himself to do it. And I can't remember what year he did it, but um, he's got a whole website dedicated to it. And so that's how I found out about it. Um, most people that go over to Scotland hike, you know, from the States, either do the West Highland Way or, or the, um, Cape Wrath Trail, the two most popular, you know, me being a long distance type guy, I wanted to do the whole, whole damn thing. So, um, those two trails are part of the Scottish national trail, but it's combining a bunch of other ones to make it a continuous footpath. That was going to be one of our questions. Why didn't you choose the West Highland way instead of the Scottish national, but that's all part of this Scottish national trail. It's part of it. I mean, the West Highland way, I was only on that trail for maybe like a day. Oh, um, then it kind of diverts off the Cape Wrath Trail is on the majority of it. Um, but yeah, the West Island Way, that's only a very small portion of the Scottish National Trail. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. Um, so you started at the border of the Scottish England border. Um, mm-hmm. Were you more towards the east by Edinburgh or the west towards Glasgow? Yeah, towards the east. So uh, Kirk Yedham is it's a very small town. That's where the official start is. And that, that town, literally, you walk, I think I walked a quarter mile uh, back, and then I'm at the border of England. So okay. the Kirk Yedham, that town is right there at the border. And then your first major, uh, I guess, town you come to is actually Edinburgh. Um, it's like, I can't remember the mileage on that. But yeah, it goes up towards edinburgh then you go west towards glasgow glasgow from there okay. you don't actually go into glasgow you could have hitched into it but you're you kind of skirt around glasgow you didn't stop in glasgow i did on the, after i finished actually oh. i spent nine days there after i finished the trail but i as i was hiking i never actually went in um on the way up north but uh edinburgh i stayed there for a couple of days I, that's that's my favorite out of both of those out of both of yeah. those cities a lot more I, I mean I haven't been centric. to both of them I enjoyed Edinburgh more they're just different um Edinburgh is more that old school architecture just you think you know this is Scotland Glasgow I would say is a little more modernized I think I mean it's still got cool architecture but when you're in Edinburgh you're like holy shit this is like movie type stuff you know <laughs> it's definitely not the United States <laughs> exactly 
Um, and also, you know, with being in Scotland, it's an English-speaking country. Um, now, the Glaswegians, you can't understand a fucking word they're saying. Uh, but um, any surprises with the culture as you were traveling through? Uh, I mean, there's a few things. Thank fuck, by the way, if they spoke English, because that would have been lost. <laughs> Um, I mean, like you said, in Glasgow, you can't understand a fucking thing they say, but the other towns, you can pretty much understand the folks. Um, the, the culture is, I mean, you know, it's just the, the cliche shit going over there. I, I got three rides when I was over there. I try to get on the wrong side of the car every single time. Um, <laughs> basic shit like that. Um, and I mean, you, you, the, the streets, not only that, but the streets themselves, I couldn't get my wrap my head around how small they were, how narrow they were. And I was walking a lot of these streets and it's like, there's no shoulder in these cars. I mean, you can't put two cars side by side on these things. So I'd be jumping off in the bushes, letting traffic go by. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't know you, you it, it was very, an easy transition, I guess, for an American going over there. Mm-hmm. Compared to, I guess, some other countries, which I've never been, but I can only assume. People are very friendly over there. I mean, I think Scotland, and as far as, like, media goes, they got that reputation of being assholes. Um, But everybody that I met was extremely friendly. Nice. And, yeah, just being in a country that, like, we are, in the grand scheme of things, we are a brand-new country. We're only 200-something years old. Like, there you're talking 1066 Right. Um, is, is when they started so just being in a place that old that's why the streets are so small because they're designed as footpaths and cart paths so sure. it's got to be absolutely incredible just to be in a place that has literally like we think an old building is like 150 years old and they're like no that's brand new like we have castles that are 700 years old yeah that um, first castle i came up on like the first night i can't buy i can't remember the date on that but yeah it's like 1200s 1300 something like that and oh, wow. if you start like looking into and Ed- the history of edinburgh that's a that's some morbid fucking history that went on in that town i mean it's it's mind-boggling when you start looking into it <laughs> they saw some shit yeah especially being on the firth right there they're just easy mm-hmm. access from the water that's absolutely yeah that first video by the way that was absolutely fantastic that looked like a national geographic documentary that was incredible and your first day just to get sleep outside a castle like fantastic pretty trippy. Drone- yeah i've never i've never done something like that so yeah it was pretty trippy i only did seven miles the first day um but i came up on that castle and i didn't i did zero research like i do all these other trails so i didn't know that castle was coming up on day number one and i got there after seven miles i'm like holy shit how many times in my life i'm gonna be able to set my tent up outside a fucking castle um so yeah i just i just posted up there it was awesome there's nobody around i mean there's a major road not a major road but there's a dirt road farm country it goes through there and but all i had was the sheep next to me um all night long (laughs) is this your first time out of the country besides you know mexico canada yep first time oh great experience (laughs) but i'm hooked now i mean now now i'm looking in to uh, next few years i want to go overseas and do some trails so yeah getting that first one out of the way just learn you know it's 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 an experience going over for the first time mm-hmm. aside from the fucking like nine hour plane ride i wasn't used to that to begin with but yeah i'm there's so much other shit out there i want to see so and i'll come back and do some there's obviously more trails in the u.s i want to do but now i've got that traveling traveling bug outside the u.s and i want to go over there and see some stuff um next couple of years 
that seems to be the trend with um triple crowners like at least youtube vloggers like after you do your triple crown um you're at dixie level now because that's exactly what she did (laughs) like she kind of ran out of continental united states trails and started doing international stuff so you have achieved uh dixie level congratulations (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i I know yeah i guess that is a trend um it, 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 but also, you know, going over there, it's an awesome experience looking at uh, from a different perspective. But once, for at least for me, when I was over there for 30 days or whatever, it made me appreciate the U.S. even more uh, of what we actually have here. Um, it's easy to take for granted until you go some other place and, um, and, and, and realize the amazing hiking trails we have over here in the U.S. Not that Scotland was, was terrible. I mean, it was awesome, but it's just a different experience is all. And, um, yeah, it, it reminded me, <laughs> I missed home quite a bit when I was over there, too. Oh, did you? Oh. Yeah. So that's a perfect segue. So what is the trail culture like over there, since they don't have these spectacular trails that we do? Is there a trail they, they culture? They going for a walk out there, like hill walkers is what they call them in Scotland. They don't call them hikers. <laughs> it sounds it's, like zombies. <laughs> hill walkers. Yeah, it's, it's different. I mean, they do have like a quote-unquote trail, like you think of the Appalachian Trail, like a single single track you're walking. They do have that from time to time, but it's just – there's not a designated trail a lot of times. A lot of times you're hiking on streets or roads, um, but that's that's the actual trail. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just different. I don't know. I mean that's how the Camino is too. It's yeah, that's what I that's what I heard. It's just a different experience. That's all. Right. I mean, you're still right. walking from one end one end to the other, but it's just a different different way different way of doing it, I guess. Um, I didn't see a hell of a lot of hikers over there though, oh, so right. I didn't I didn't get the, a chance to to ask them what it's like hiking over here, you know, full time. Um, I saw very few people, <laughs> very few hikers. I mean, definitely in the Highlands. I just watching your videos, didn't see a soul. Nobody. I think Nobody. I, I. I mean, the only time I saw a bunch of hikers was at that junction of the West Highland Way because that's what the trail most people do. Right. Um, there's a little town called Drimmen, um, just outside of Mongive is where like the Mongive. It's um, it's where you either start or finish the West Highland Way. So there's a big hub of hikers there. Mm-hmm. And I when I stayed in that little town of Drimmen, there was a campground. I I probably there's probably thirty hikers there, um, but they were all doing the West Highland Way. The farther north I got, I, I didn't see day hikers out there. Like I, it felt like I was by my fucking self. Towards the southern end, when I started out, there were some day hikers here and there, but it was just just around those towns. Once I got up in the Highlands, I didn't see a single fucking person until I went to town. That's yeah, I thought it was interesting. One of your videos from the first half of the trail, you were describing how you ran across um, a couple of day hikers, and you asked where's you know, the next water and they had no idea what you were talking about. And eventually you got it out of them that there's a stream around and you're like, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. A stream. You could um, tell, I mean, you would tell those people that those, those gals that I talked to, you could tell they, they literally probably just walked up 500 feet and then turned around and went back home. They've never been had a backpack <laughs> on their, in their life. So I was probably asking the wrong people to begin with. Obviously okay. the hikers that are over there are familiar with Sawyer squeeze and all this other shit, but they, these people were just clueless. Yeah, they're taking, they're taking a quick walk. <laughs> we get that here, too. Oh. <laughs> yes, so absolutely. What was the terrain like on that first half? It seemed to be a lot of road walking and a town every couple of miles. And what was um, – the two halves seemed, from your videos, very, very different terrain-wise. Yeah, the southern, southern half is – there's a lot of road walking. It's not very – 
hilly. I mean, that first day I went over that hill, I think it was like, well, the elevation is different over there. I mean, that first hill I went up over, um, I think it was like 1200 foot elevation, but you got to remember you're starting at like 30 foot elevation. So it was a climb. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, it was easy. That's why I did it mainly from South to North not only because it's more epic up in the north and finishing up there, but also to get a little bit of trail legs going, the train was fairly easy uh, starting out until you, you get up in the highlands, then you're, you're hooking it up mountains um, up there. Yeah. You, um, you'd mentioned in your early videos, I think it was number two or three that your, your trail legs weren't there yet. I don't think I ever quite got full trail legs like I did on the triple crown hikes, but, um, towards the end there, you're, you're, you're working. I mean, like I said, you're starting at like 30 foot elevation. And I think the the highest I topped out out was like just over 2000 feet. Um, oh, so once you get up in like the Northern section, you're, you're going up and down some terrain. Huh. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't ridiculous. I think I was only like, had to stop get out of breath, like sit down and take a break, maybe a handful of times. Hmm. Did you, um, crossover ben nevis ben nevis doesn't, doesn't ring a bell very possibly um all right it's, it's the, the highest point using, okay i was using guy gps and mm -hmm. a lot of that app um i think it, i don't think it named a lot of peaks i was going over so i didn't know the names of a lot of them hmm. okay just curious i was gonna be I, I was gonna i was laughing because that's only 40 it's the highest point in the aisles and it's 4400 feet yeah i never went that high i think 20 20 <laughs> 2000 something is the highest I went over okay. on the Scottish National Trail. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Gaia. That was going to be one of my questions. Um, obviously, all trails doesn't cover that. Um, so can you, what is Gaia like versus all trails? What was it like to navigate? I don't use all trails a hell of a lot. Um, but, like, for example, I can compare it to, to uh, Gut Hook or Far Out Guys yes. called now. Yep. Um, yeah, they don't have a they don't have a, a far out guide for for the Scottish National Trail. They have one for the West Highland Way. You can get if you're doing that. Um, Gut Hook is is more. I'm gonna refer to it as Gut Hook because yep. that's a, it's I know what it is. Gut Hook for life on this yes. podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, the whole the whole social part of it, meaning you can read comments about water sources and town stops and resupply points. Um, that definitely comes in handy. They don't have anything like that on Gaia, so. I downloaded two GPX tracks. There's two different versions I downloaded for the Scottish National Trail. They're both very similar. Um, but there was no, like, comments as far as resupply points or water sources or camping spots or anything like that. So I was kind of just using it as a navigation tool, making sure I was on the trail itself because there wasn't a designated trail a lot of the times. I was just going over open fields and, and things like that. So I just used um, Gaia as a, as a navigation tool, really. Okay. So before we got on with you, we were both watching video 31, which is epic. That was your stream crossings, and the footage was absolutely gorgeous. Can you tell us a little bit about um, that day? Was that your most difficult day? I don't remember that exact video, to be honest with you. I think I know what you're talking about. There was, it was up, up in the Highlands, obviously. Yes. Um, yeah, and there was a lot of stream crossings. None of them were like life-threatening i would say compared to like going through the sierra i mean where you think your life is in danger um but that that water was moving fast basically those streams were um waterfalls coming down off the peaks down in the in the glens or the valleys whatever you want to call it um 
so, so you had to cross <clears throat> a lot of them. I think there's four or five in one day I had to cross. The yep. water was moving fast. There was no more than like 10 feet across. Um, and I remember if, if it's the same one I, I think you're talking about is when I had broken a trekking pole. Yes, so that's the one. Those, I was doing those with one trekking pole, which and filming it, which is kind of a shady <laughs> deal. But, um, you know, I do <laughs> to get the video footage. I'll, I'll risk my camera a little bit more. <laughs> I'm trying to get video footage, but. Yeah, it's, you're 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 constantly wet on the Scottish National Trail. Uh, gentlemen, yeah. if you wouldn't mind just pausing for a second, I I think there's a fire across the street. So hold okay. on for one second. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> There's tons of action outside. We can continue. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, That's yeah. right. Well, I was just telling Jeff, like, it happens all the time in our neighborhoods. Like, the first cold snap, people turn, you know, fire up those wood stoves without opening the flue, without cleaning them. And yeah, uh, it happened in early November, right before Thanksgiving, in my house right behind us. Oh, Same. that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So, folks, so hopefully um, everyone's okay over there. No. <laughs> if you hear Hope some noise okay. in the background, it it's the fire department. It's, it's a, everything's good. okay. <laughs> all um, right, as as you were. So yeah, we were talking about uh, your stream crossings and the day you broke a trekking pole and. Oh, congratulations! Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was pissed off that day. I don't think it ever came off on video, but I was having a rough rough time. I mean, just that last stretch, it rained on me almost every day. And your feet are just constantly wet. Forget about the the stream crossings, but just the uh, Scotland is is basically a big ass sponge. And you might have a couple sunny days, but that ground stays wet for weeks and weeks and weeks after it rains. So you're just you're just I, I never my feet never dried out. They were constantly wet the whole fucking trail, basically. So how do you deal with that? Just hang your your socks and your shit out to dry every night and hope for the best and just right. deal with it. I didn't even do that. I mean, just <laughs> okay. Yeah. I carry two pairs of socks, and if I wasn't wearing one, the other one was hanging on my pack, praying that the sun would come out to dry my other pair. But it never really did happen. My both my my both pairs of socks were wet the whole time, so I didn't bother hanging that shit out at night. I just put wet clothes on every day. Did that cause any issues with your feet? Because if I know if I tried to do that, my feet would be totally fucked no, up. No, what I do, and that's what I've done on all the trails, especially the AT, because it, it rains all the time there too. Um, and you can forget about drying your stuff out most of the time. So as soon as I get to camp, I just take my shoes and socks off. And before I get in my bag, I just make sure my feet are air dried. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll wipe them down before I get in my sleeping bag. And that's basically all I do. I never got one blister. I don't think I got one hot spot on the uh, canals out of Edinburgh. Um, but other than that, my feet held up. That's pretty good. I mean, did you only work with one pair of shoes or did you have multiple? Yeah, I wore the same pair of shoes the whole way. I probably should have swapped them out, I would say, 200 miles before the end. They started crapping out. I mean, the ultras are notorious for at least the tread, for sure. I didn't have any blowouts, but the tread was gone. Right. Like I said, being, yep. out being so slick and wet the whole time, I was constantly tripping and falling and sliding on my ass all the time. That's how I broke a trekking pole. Uh -huh. um, but there was never really an outfitter that sold ultras around there, so I just I just kept the whole the same pair of shoes the whole time. How did the tow box hold up? Because I think we're up to 5.5s, and it seems like they fixed that tow box issue. Like like you said, the tread is starting to wear out before the shoe falls apart, like almost a normal shoe now. 
Yeah, they put that, I think it was the version 4 or 5, I can't remember which now, um, that they added that real thick stitching on the toe box. Yeah. It'll still peel from the top, but it won't start flapping in the wind like it used to do. Um, so, yeah, that that's held up. It was, I never had any blowouts. I never had that toe peel. It was just the, the heels go first, and then the rest of the tread is gone after, like, three 300 miles or so. Okay. So, yeah. those last 200 miles, you said... You should have switched them out. Was that when you started to go into the Highlands? Yeah, it was somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, I think the the town I remember when you realized, yes, I'm in the Highlands of Fishy, was like Kyle of LaCalche is the name of the town. It's up mm-hmm. towards Isle of Skye. Um, that's when I, I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing. <laughs> the scenery is, is getting really good. Yeah, I mean, like like we said, your your footage was amazing. And what I noticed especially is that you focused, at least what I thought, you focus a lot more on the scenery and the music rather than talking. Yeah. Was um, that done subconsciously or intentionally? That's that's uh, intentionally. I mean, it it comes from a lot of things. Number one, like from the AT, I had so many fucking trolls on YouTube during my AT hike and the beginning of the PCT. And I got so fucking sick of reading dumbass comments from people that will never throw on a fucking backpack and they're just sitting on Reddit jerking <laughs> off and watching Dixie videos. Yeah. I just fucking hate it. So I said, I'm going to intentionally stop talking so much and giving them fuel for the fire because I've always said, why do I fucking do these long trails? It's not because I want to be famous on YouTube or want a massive following. It's, it's it's about the nature. That's why I'm fucking out there, to live in fucking nature. And what better way than just concentrate on that and deliver it to people that can't go out and hike. Because I do get so many good comments, too, from people that, you know, are, are, are crippled. They're paraplegics or, you know, they, they got, they'll never get out and do one of these long trails for whatever reason. And 10 minutes a day, I can bring it to them. That, that means a lot to me. So... Yes, uh, on the CDT, I did this a lot, too. I just concentrated more so on the, on the scenery aspect of it, and I'll mm-hmm. just chime in from time to time. Obviously, I still have my rants there because i got to vent shit out, too. Um, but I think it's it should be more about the, the nature side of it than anything else. And this was the perfect trail for you because you like being alone, and there was, there was no one out there. So it came across on a film, at least, you were – a lot more at peace on this trail than some of like the AT where you were battling trolls. Although that, you know, your responses to them were pretty hilarious. So we are going to miss that. But, um, what was your mental state? Like, was that more enjoyable being mostly alone? Absolutely. You know, I, I I did a Q and a on my YouTube channels recently. And I think one of the questions was like, did you feel alone out there? Well, I I never feel alone when I'm, when I'm alone, if that makes sense. I'm, Mm. I'm so fucking introverted that I get stressed out uh, with when I'm around people. That's when I, I, I can't stand it. When I'm out in the mountains and I got nobody around, that's when I feel alive. That's when I'm, I'm, I'm happiest. So, yes, I'm for sure out peace, at peace out there. Um, once I start getting into towns and around other hikers, then I get stressed the fuck out, and I, I can't I, – I bottle up and I can't handle it. So, um, yeah, that, that was a nice change of pace from, like, for example, the AT or even – the other two trails, you see a lot more hikers than in Scotland. Right. Um, it, it was awesome. You know, I didn't have to, I, I just concentrated on the, you know, the wildlife I saw. The stags were 
a constant presence at night. I could hear him grunt. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I bet. But also talking about mental state, you did mention in one of your um, videos that you were dealing with some mental stuff on the Cape Wrath Trail. Yeah. Was, in what way? Was it harder to deal with that on the trail uh, versus it wasn't so much home the, trails? It wasn't so much the physical thing. It was a, it was a mental battle just because of the, the weather. The rain oh, was a, okay. and, and, and constantly slipping. <laughs> the um, the Cape Tra- Cape Wrath Trail is pretty fucking rugged. Yeah. Um, and there's not there's not much of a trail at all. You're you're bushwhacking a lot of times, and having been so wet and right. being rained on constantly, that's what was getting to me. Um, yeah, that that was the hardest part about it. It wasn't so much the physical part of it. How did that compare to other uh, remote parts of trails you've done here in the states? Oh. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be as difficult as some of, you know, the PCT stuff where you're breaking into huts just to survive. But um, is it comparable at all? No, this is different. Um, Compared to the other trails, like, for example, getting up into uh, Washington on the PCT or Maine in the AT and and Montana on the CDT, um, that's after like a five or six month grind. So at that point in the trail, your body's shutting down. You know, I had COVID. I think I had COVID at the end of the CDT. I lost like 30 pounds. I was only out in Scotland for 30 days, so my body didn't have the chance to break down. You're not doing right. that struggle side of it. Um, it was more so just the weather. But, um, you know, I, uh, yeah, I guess that, that was, it's just different. Okay. Um, and then as historians, um, you saw a lot of castles. What was the most interesting or significant historical site you saw? Mm, that's a good question. I don't, um, well, Edinburgh Castle, I didn't show it on the videos, but I stayed in Edinburgh two days before I started just to get over the jet lag and right. get them set. So just walking around downtown Edinburgh and seeing Edinburgh Castle, um, it was just, it's something out of a fucking movie. I, I joked, I remember going through on that trail a couple of times where I thought I was in a Harry Potter set because you know, a lot of it was filmed in, uh, a lot of Harry Potter was filmed there. Um, but yeah, I'd say Edinburgh Castle. I got to see, um, uh, Sterling Castle on the drive back. Uh, I never actually went up to see I could see it from the road. Um, yeah, I guess those two would probably be the biggest ones. That's awesome. What was the, um, there's somewhere in the first half, there was a, a really famous lock that you had mentioned. Yeah, Loch Ness. Um, the infamous Loch Ness, where the supposed okay. Loch Ness monster. So you go into uh, St., um, what's the name of that town? St. Augustus, uh, St. Augustus, I believe. Um, and that's where Loch Ness is. It's a very touristy town, but it's right, sits right on the edge of Loch Ness. That's a huge lock. Um, and I stayed there for, I think two days, uh, or at least a day. I know I took a zero there. Um, unfortunately, when I showed up there, the Fort Aug- it was Fort Augustus, not St. Augustus, Fort Augustus. When I showed up there was uh, the day of the Queen uh, Queen's funeral. Yeah. In Edinburgh. So they were obviously, you know, acknowledging that. So a lot of the town was shut down. And I, I couldn't enjoy it as much. But, you know, that's <laughs> the land I showed up at the wrong time. But it was a, it was a beautiful lock. 
Awesome. As a historian, I'm kind of jealous. This is going to be a little bit morbid, but I'm kind of jealous that you were in the United Kingdom when, you know, the Queen passed because that obviously is a huge deal over there and that you got to, again, a little bit morbid, but that you got to experience that there is kind of cool. Um, I guess. I don't know. It was, it was, it was, it was They probably just closed everything, but still. Well, it was just weird because I remember slaying in my tent uh, the day it happened, the day she passed and uh, broke on CNN and everything else. Mm -hmm. And I got probably 10 to 15 direct messages on Instagram in my 10 night service about like, what's going on over there? Like I asked all of a sudden became a CNN reporter. (laughs) I'm just like in my tent in the middle of fucking nowhere, like, your guess is as good as fucking mine. I, you probably know more than I do, because so I'm out here in the middle of fucking nowhere. I can't watch CNN out here. I don't know what's going on. It wasn't until I got to the next town that I, I realized what a, a big deal it was. But, yeah, it was it was weird to me because I'm I'm just a hiker, man. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't paying attention to any of that stuff. Okay, yeah. And, again, it's hundreds of miles away from London, so probably just things were closed and... Yeah. That was probably the extent of it. Like I said, when I got to Fort Augustus is when her funeral actually was going on. So that's when they pretty much shut down the whole country, I guess. And uh, was, it, you know, it was all about her. So, Yeah. All right. Um, so you ended on a clear day, but you had to cut your trip short a little bit because uh, Cape Wrath, which is totally badass name for a base, by the way. Right. Um, they were doing maneuvers. What can you tell us about that? What can you tell us about uh, Cape Wrath? So the Royal Navy, I guess, um, they have different points, I think four or five different points around Scotland where they do live ammunition training, Cape Wrath being one of them. Um, and they have a website. You can check the schedule when they're going to be firing, supposedly, out there. And I timed it out. I couldn't have timed it out any worse. Um, they hadn't been firing basically the whole time I was on the trail up until two days before I got to the end. And then they opened up firing again. And they put, like, a red red barriers like a, a rope around this whole area and it was actually four miles out from the cape um i had talked to this old timer i went to my last resupply spot um like 13 miles out and i, I told him look have you ever been to over that when they're firing and shit he's like yeah i've done it before it's no big deal but i just didn't want to get in trouble so i got to that barrier and i said i'll just cut it short here i didn't want to deal with it um so yeah unfortunately i didn't i didn't get to see the lighthouse um but it's just it was just bad timing that's all okay how many miles was it four miles out from the cape four miles (laughs) did you feel like you 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 need to go back and do them or yeah you're done Uh, not on that trail if it would have been like the cdt or something like that then yeah but even the cdt i'd cut out like 200 miles because of that fire up in yeah idaho montana border so i did that big ass cutoff um I, the more and more i hike I, I care less about like those types of things mm-hmm. it's just more about the experience so it would have been cool to see the lighthouse um i i googled pictures of it before i started that trail it looks really really fucking cool but yeah i just timed it out wrong that's all all right well um and then i think the days of people doing a complete cdt hit every you know, inch of trail, I think, are over. I think people just factor the fires in now. Yeah, so PCT I, too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's just the, the, it's just the lay of the land, PCT too. You don't know what the fire season's going to be like. You don't know what the snow year is going to be like in the Sierra. So it's kind of a crapshoot. On the Appalachian Trail, I was I was one of those pur- purists. I had to see yep. every way. 
Yeah. Uh, but BCT and CDT, you, you forget about it. You know, maybe you'll get lucky and the whole trail's open when you do it, but you just can't control that kind of stuff. So overall, what was the best part of the trail and the worst part? Worst mm. part was the rain, we know, but yeah, that's, <laughs> another that's bad part. Easy. Yeah, was, the weather was horrible. And, you know, you hear stories, oh, how dreary the UK is before you go over there. And uh, so I kind of prepared myself for that. But, yeah, it was pretty miserable weather-wise. Um, the best part was, was just the scenery. I mean, up in the Highlands. The Highlands stole my heart for sure. Mm. Um, I had this comment on Instagram or something else. I posted a photo. And they're like, that looks dreary as fuck. It looks ugly. I'm like, you're fucking on crack, dude. Yeah. This is, maybe it's just, I thought it was beautiful, man. Those rolling green hills. Yeah, you miss trees from time to time. It's not like up in Washington State where you got all these trees everywhere and shit. But I thought it was absolutely gorgeous. I love the Highlands. I would go back again in a heartbeat. In fact, I want to and go back as a tourist, not a hiker. So I can just go out there with my camera and photograph, take my time and photograph landscapes. I want to go back there again for sure. I thought it was absolutely gorgeous. Well, I mean, there's so many other trails that look so similar. Iceland, I mean, and New Zealand, there it's very similar. Absolutely, yeah. Is are those on your list? Yeah, I'm looking at uh, well, so yeah, the Nordic countries. That's that's what I'm looking at now. So awesome. there's the the Kungsleden, the the King's Trail up in northern Sweden. That's on which awesome. is popular for Americans as well. Yep. Um, that one's only 270 miles, so I'm going to try to make that happen next year. I, I don't know if I'll be able to. It comes down to money, really. Just how You've much heard it here first, folks. Um, <laughs> yeah. The other trip I was looking at is um, it wasn't actually a hiking trip. It was a, a photo trip. Um, there's one in Norway that I've been looking at. They run dog sleds in the wintertime up to photograph the muskoxen up there oh really um so it would be a week's trip um and they take you on dog sleds you're out there for a week they provide you like real cold gear cold weather gear sleeping bag tents the whole deal they feed you and then they take you out um to find the muskoxen you can photograph those for a week i think that would be badass the other one i was looking at was in finland um to photograph the the brown bears out in finland or the wolves out there the arctic wolves um so uh, I'm looking at doing one of those trips in the future as well. But as of next year, I'm, if uh, and the hike's going to happen, it's probably going to be the Kungsleden in, in northern Sweden. I know Incredible. that, um, what's his name? The ultra runner, Killian Jornet. His, his, wife, his wife did that trail. And there's a fantastic video of her actually really? running it. But mm-hmm. uh, that's where I first heard about it. It looks fabulous. I've been looking at pictures. I have, I've stayed away from watching the videos. I know there's a couple of vloggers that have done it. I've, been, I've stayed away from those because I don't want to know too much. Yeah. Um, so, but pictures, that's, I started Googling pictures of it. It looks fucking amazing. So, and that's something, that's another trail I can do in like 30 days. It's only 270 miles. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll milk it, make it last a month or two. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, it seemed like you really enjoyed this because you were able to stretch it out, stop when you wanted, um, you stayed extra time in country. You seem to really, really enjoy this. Um, I don't know, maybe even more than some of the other ones where at the end, like you said, your body is breaking down. It becomes a job. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? I do love that part of it. As far as the triple crown hikes go, I love, even though, yeah, my body was shutting down and, you know, it was miserable towards the end. I love that grind of a, of a long distance hike. I absolutely love it. Um, and that's the one thing I did miss from Scotland because it was so short. I milked it as much as I could, um, but 
it was also nice not stressing about getting to Canada before the winter hit. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you've, you've seen my PCT vlog. I mean, that last stretch was 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 horrible, um, and I didn't think I was going to finish at times. Hmm. This trail was more relaxed. I could enjoy it, even though the weather wasn't in my favor. It was just nice not having to stress about miles, and it almost – I always joke that I'm on vacation. Well, this yeah. one actually did feel like a vacation. Yeah, um, I bet. I wasn't under any stress about finishing before winter time. And so when you did finish and then took your vacation in Glasgow, mm -hmm. uh, did you know where you would be returning home? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's I had no awesome. idea. Um, yeah, I was kind of freaking out about it. Uh, I was looking at jobs. Luckily, I had a YouTube subscriber I stayed with in, in Georgia. She had a spare house next to hers I was staying at in Georgia. Um and uh she always had she always said i could stay there again but i was ready to get go somewhere else again two years is basically my limit one spot i get i got to move and see something else yeah but i didn't have a job lined up i didn't know where i was going to stay i started googling seasonal work out west and um i applied to rei up in anchorage alaska i actually had an interview with them that's awesome um, and so i i got offered that job as well as the ymca in colorado and um Alaska would have been amazing, but winter in Alaska is a whole different ball game. I mean, this thing is dark here. It's dark most of the day <laughs> this mm -hmm. time of year. So, and then getting Roscoe up there would have been a nightmare. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm happy where I'm at in Colorado, um, and I can I'm right on the border of Rocky Mountain National Park. Is literally like oh, that's a walk from my front door. So that's great. I can go out there this winter when I'm not working and photograph the wildlife and, and just enjoy the national park. Okay. So we need um, Mrs. Cranky needs a Roscoe update. How is he enjoying <laughs> Colorado? What's going on with the puppy? He's over there trying to lick his ass right now. Um, <laughs> good dog. Beautiful. Yeah, he's good. He's good. I missed him. I missed him. And I'm glad to have him by my side again. So, yeah, he's, he's doing well. Um, he's nine years old now. Oh, bless and him. He's that big. So he's, he's been with me a long time, and he's what I look forward to most getting off these trails. And <clears throat> it was actually nice this past year, you know, only being gone for like 30, 35, 40 days. Um, I had the majority of the year to spend with him, whereas previous three years, I, was, I left him for like five, six months, and that was the hardest part about that. Um, leaving him that long is, is too much for me, I think, mm -hmm. anymore. So... I think the next few years I'm going to try to do the shorter hikes. That way I can spend the majority of the year with my dog as he gets older. Nice. Okay. Wow. Nice. Um, so you mentioned just odds and ends before we wrap up. You mentioned you heard stags. Did you get, did you see any, did you get a good look? What was, and any other wildlife? No, well, uh, I wanted to see the red squirrels. I didn't really, I saw a couple oh. of them, but I didn't get any photos of them. The one red stag, I, I photographed a couple of them, but they were off in the distance. I wasn't carrying my 600 millimeter lens. All I had was, well, I had a 200 mil uh, through on a couple times, um, but they were just so off in the distance. It's real wide open landscape. So I never really got close enough to, to photograph them good. There was one I got close up, but it was actually in somebody's backyard. <laughs> Some rich, <laughs> rich fucker, as I was going in down a Loch Ness, he had pet stags basically fenced in so oh. i just photographed one um but yeah I, I saw them every day basically but never really got a good photo of them it was cool listening to them grunt though it was it was it was an experience so they're not elusive they just um come up and they're just out in the open because like moose are elusive for I mean, all the hiking elusive. there was a herd of like 
probably 30 or 40 of them I saw. I actually got them on video, too, in one of the videos. They were up on this major ridge line, um, probably 400 yards away. I threw on my 200 mil real quick and got some video of them. But, yeah, there was like a third, uh, herd of them, and um, they saw me, and they started darting over the hill. Um, so, yeah, they're like skittish like deer, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then you mentioned uh, you saw some stag on, you know, someone's property. What is the that situation like, private property, a budding trail, navigating that? Do you have to ask permission to stay at places? Uh, what's that whole deal like? No, they have what's called the right to roam over there, which is amazing. Um, basically, you can camp on private property. Just don't be a dick about it. Um, there's probably plenty of farmers. The trail literally goes right through their farm. They, they give two shits. As long as you're cool and you clean up after yourself, you have at it. it. Um, nice. you, have a right, you have a right to set your tent up in, in the UK, at least in Scotland. Um, so, yeah, I was camped on private property many times, but there's an understanding between the landowners and the hikers. Like, that's, that's just the way it is. I think if you try to do – it sounds amazing to do in the U.S., but I think if you did that, especially you get like an Appalachian Trail hike, hiker crowd out there, a bunch of – young kids that place would be trashed within a week so i understand why they can't do something like that over here but it was it was a nice um just a different experience to where you have a right to roam over there just go ahead and camp and i actually didn't know that when i first went over there so i was asking people quite often can i camp here can i camp here yeah they thought that was a stupid question because that's what they do over there i'm sure they appreciate it i mean i loved it man it was awesome and people were just friendly about it it wasn't like get off my fucking land. There was no <laughs> trespassing, no, no trespassing signs anywhere. Everybody was so fucking friendly. Like, can I, you buy, can you want to come in for dinner? That kind of vibe. Oh, um, it was awesome. Yeah. Well, I heard the ice age trail is pretty similar. So if you want to go and meet some nice folks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say tumbles. Um, I've heard the opposite about the ice age trail and that could oh. be because people were being dicks, but I've heard stories on, the Ice Age Trail, which is another trail where you have to camp on private property. I've heard, and again, I forget what podcast, I think it was on an episode of Trail Tales. Um, and maybe the kid didn't ask permission. I don't know, but he was telling a story to uh, Mr. O'Grady about getting kicked off of someone's oh, land. Oh, really? On the Ice okay. Age trail. Yes. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not familiar. I haven't looked into that trail too much. A lot of road walking, so maybe steer clear. Yeah, I'll steer clear on that. One. <laughs> Yeah, and it's the Ice Age Trail because it follows a route that a glacier carved. Um, I think it's out, um, I don't know, somewhere in the, the Midwest. I Wisconsin, know. I believe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right. And then I guess, again, just wrapping up uh, food. I know in one of your videos you mentioned you couldn't really deal with their breakfast. Their breakfast is, their <laughs> idea of breakfast is a little bit different than ours. It's delicious and nutritious. Traditional, traditional Scottish breakfast is fucking horrible, man. <laughs> I tried it a few times. I couldn't stomach it and I felt bad. I didn't want to send it back. I didn't want to, I felt guilty like just leaving it there. So I, I stomached it and got it down out of respect for the people that were serving it to me. But from what I understand, after I got done with the trail, that's for American tourists. Like oh. those local Scottish folks don't eat that bullshit. <laughs> that so what is said, it exactly? So it's like a scone, a sausage link, baked beans. What else is on that? Poached egg usually, I think. 
Um, I can't remember what else. Oh, Haggis. Oh, Haggis Black is Pud- amazing. Come haggis on. Haggis and Black Pudding is fucking gross, man. <laughs> so you did not like the Haggis? I, I tried it. I didn't. I was not a fan. They had Haggis flavored potato chips in there. I tried those. <laughs> they were fucking gross. But but that being said, I tried to get some normal shit too. Like I said, um, after the third time of trying that Scottish breakfast, I went to this little cafe in the town, and they had. Uh, Eggs and toast. I'm like, mm. how can you fuck that up? So I just ordered <laughs> eggs and toast. The, it looked like like the toast wasn't even toasted, okay? <laughs> it looked like the, the motherfucker had thrown in, like, three scrambled eggs for a total of two and a half seconds in the pan and then threw that shit on the bread. It was it runny. Was, it was just runny, <laughs> fucking gnarly as shit. I'm like, how do you fuck up eggs and toast? It was gross, man. The only thing I could eat, like, you go into, like, Greg's, which is, like, this fast food joint over there, and they, they do, like, sandwiches. breakfast rolls they have bacon and sausage rolls it's basically a big biscuit and then they hollow out the center and put a link sausage or a piece of canadian bacon in there that was okay but they undercook everything over there it was, <laughs> i probably lost weight not only not because i was hiking hard but because i just didn't want to eat over there um, it, was, it was fucking gnarly and then i'd go into like even in like edinburgh and glasgow i'm like okay i'm in a major city i'll get some good food here I, I, the restaurants over there seem confused there's no like this is Scottish food, okay? They try to, they'll have like pizza, they'll have Turkish food, they'll have Indian food, they'll have Italian, all on the same fucking menu, and it's all mediocre at best. It was fucking horrible. All right, but did you have, did you see, did you try like deep fried Snickers, deep fried? Because that's like the joke about Scotland. Like I never had it. I, I never actually <laughs> saw it on a menu. I never if tried he was it. feeling like shit before having that, oh my God, gastrointestinal yeah. distress. It was funny too. The only thing I, I had, they had like McDonald's over there, but even the McDonald's menu was different. <laughs> they have basically the same shit, but there's different stuff on there. It was gross. And I'm a fucking McDonald's connoisseur over here. <laughs> even McDonald's over there. Uh, they had KFC, fucking gross. Um, Papa John's. I ordered Papa no John's shit. on the first night in Edinburgh. And I ordered a large pizza. It was like the size of a saucer plate. I'm like, this is fucking, you guys got to get your shit together over here. <laughs> nice. All right, and then, um, yeah, is there anything else that you wanted to share about your experience or future plans um, before we let you get out of here? Go to Scotland. If you're thinking about Scotland. it, Scottish National Trail, I don't think a lot of people have hiked it, but it's it was a hell of an experience. If you want to go do the West Highland Way, from the people I talked to said it is gorgeous. That's why most people do it, but you're going to have crowds out there. If you want remoteness like I had, go do the Scottish National Trail. 540 miles i did it in like 35 days and i took my sweetest time mm-hmm. uh, the highlands are absolutely gorgeous and you get a lot of the historical towns in the southern end of it uh, it was a hell of an experience as far as future plans um i spend this, the winter in colorado at least try to save up money so i can get on trail the sweetest uh the kungsleden it'll probably be looking at mid to late august same time frame as scotland if i go do that awesome um, but you know follow me on instagram i'll be photographing the wildlife all all winter long in Colorado so yeah we've been enjoying your your Instagram uh already with your photos out in Colorado and folks also uh watch his uh Scottish National Trail videos on YouTube they are amazing is there anything that you want to plug sir I mean your Instagram are you doing calendars this year I'm assuming 
got still doing calendars. I did one of Scotland and I also did a bird photo uh, calendar this year. I've got all my prints available from all three long distance trails as well as Scotland up on my website, which is uh, savebymountainsphotography.com. Um, you check out prints there and I'll have calendars available probably through December and then I'll kind of weigh in those off, but my prints are always available. And um, I think I have links to my uh, merch store from there too, if you want to buy stickers or coffee mugs and things like that. All those purchases go right back into me getting new camera gear and getting my ass out on trail because I fucking hate working for a living. And I know <laughs> I have to do it. Um, but all that, all those little sales from prints and, and stickers and mugs and all that shit goes a long way as far as getting me out my ass back on trail. All right. Well, we will put all that, of course, in the show notes. Follow IBTAT on Instagram. He's at Saved by Mountains on YouTube. You are IBTAT on YouTube, correct? Correct. All right. And then, of course, we will link the website as well. Jeff, IBTAT, it's been such a pleasure to chat with you, as always. I, I apologize once again for my next-door neighbor's house burning down while, <laughs> while this podcast has been going. I know. <laughs> Seriously. Live from the fire. <laughs> Thank God it's Thanks, not my guys. house. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Have a good All night right, and a happy holidays. So talk again. Yep. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. See ya.